When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything! If you feel there's more to life than iPhones and iPads and mindless consumerism, if you're open to receiving information in all forms in any number of ways, if organized religion, organized political movements, and any kind of collectivism doesn't just quite cut it for you, if you engage in critical thinking, if you think for yourself, if you have peace and love in your heart and Jack Daniels in your bloodstream, if you believe that seriousness is a disease, if you're curious, then come, let us go on a journey together as we explore the outer limits of inner truth. Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show. OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, we have a one-on-one discussion with Miss Sherry Hobson. She is a psychic and she is an energy clearer. And we cover a lot of topics tonight about clearing a soul's perception on the events that it experienced throughout its various lifetimes. We went into a lot of different areas, and there's a lot that we covered. So without further ado, the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show proudly presents a one-on-one discussion with Miss Sherry Hobson. Joining us now is Miss Sherry Hobson. She is an author, a psychic medium, and a healer. You can learn more about her by going to her website at Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-Y, Hobson, H-O-P-S-O-N.com. Ms. Hobson, welcome to the program. Thank you for being with us. Oh, thank you so much. Pleasure being here. Hey, thank you. When, you. when we first learned about you, I thought it was rather unique that you specifically were working on karma clearing. And if people were to take an image or a, a certain picture of people before and after your clearing work, it seems that the energies have moved around. Can you please explain what you do as far as the karma clearing? Why does karma need to be cleared? What is karma, mm-hmm. first of all? And what are the images? What do you act? What are actually? What are those images that were that you took pictures of? Okay. Well, the images that we're using, um, we're actually using thermographic imaging. Okay. And we're I'm using the thermographic imaging. I'm working on one of the books is. Um, the before and afters of people that have been chronically ill and dealing with a lot of um, disease and illnesses that they can't really get a hold of in this life and can't get past. And so we did a lot of um, work with with clients um, that have these backgrounds and did the images of before and after. And I went into the past lives to show exactly where the energy actually started why it started, and the karmic effect that it had in this lifetime. Um, And then cleared the energy and showed the shift of um, the energy, the negative energy that was blocking. Um, And then we also did some medical um, testing afterwards as well. 
um, to show the differences between the diseases before and after. And so karma, it was a great question of what is karma. Karma is actually when we have a desire and we reach for that desire, but we have a fear or a misconception of something that's not truth, and we enter that in on top of that desire and we don't, miss, we don't hit that target, so to speak, that's what creates karma for us. And so karma is nothing more than an aspect of our soul that we're reaching out to learn uh, and to expand and to grow upon in that DNA. Okay. So karma is not you you hit someone on the head and then two lifetimes later that person comes back and hits you in the head to balance. It depends. It depends. If you hit them in head, if you hit them over the head in in malice or if you hit them in the head um, for ego issues of control and dominance and all that stuff, and you're still working on that control and dominance two lifetimes later, mm-hmm. they could come back and hit you in the head. Okay. But if you were working on that control and dominance in your next lifetime, you actually got over it, you've cleared all that karma, and now there's no debt to be repaid with that other soul because because the the essence is no longer in that vibration and frequency. All right, let's set up a situation where um, we're going to use that. You hit the person in the head. They forgave you, but you didn't learn your lesson as far as feeling the effect of, you know, dealing with the repercussions of your violence upon another. How does that work out? Does the, does the You still have that karma because it wasn't the other soul that forgave you released their karma in that, effect, in that event because there are no victims. They were actually experiencing something as well. Correct. And so they released their karma within the event, but the other person still had something to learn. So they still have that negative karma that they're dragging behind them. Okay, so let's give a situation where you have these uh, these you know horrific events where a person is killed, the family forgives the, the murderer, and while the family may have what released themselves from the, the horrible pain and suffering of what that person did, was that individual who did the murdering still going to have to deal with the consequences, still going to have to deal with the repercussions of their actions? Correct. Okay. Correct. And again, it depends on on why they did the action that they did. Um, some people do horrible, horrible things, and they don't hold negative karma because they were coming about, you know, on the reverse side of that lesson, and they weren't experiencing a negative aspect to it. They were experiencing something that had to set them free from a belief system. I uh, wait, I don't know. Are you saying that if somebody's actually uh, perpetuating an act of evil that it's actually kind of good for them? At times it can be because if some, if some people are so rigid in their thinking and they're not flexible in accepting things and they have acceptance issues and they have approval issues and they go through that act and somebody still approves of them where they're, they're not on that pedestal and somebody still approves of them, it could be giving them that lesson of approval. Now, granted, out of the thousands and thousands and thousands of readings that I've done, I've only seen that a couple of times. It's not very prevalent out there. It's not you really the norm. But I have seen people, you know, learning from being accepted from being something very negative okay. and still having that unconditional love given to them. And so they're still learning that, and that, that you know, I've seen that a couple of times. All right. Now, I'm going to – But they didn't hold the negative karma from it. We have what's called master soul groups that have to do with um, our chakra systems. And there are some times where people are holding in a position as a teacher. And um, 
as a teacher in the master soul group where they can commit something very heinous as teaching other people uh, acceptance and approval as well. And if that is the case, there's no negative karma being held to that because it's more of a contractual aspect rather than a soul against another soul learning. There was a recent plane crash that happened a couple of days ago where one person, oh. yeah, mm-hmm. and he, he killed 150 people. So just uh, when you see an event like that, what do you would you gauge uh, from the offset? Is there anything you could tell about what was the karmic aspect about that? Were the, did those 150 people in somehow, way, shape, or form, you know, contribute to incredible pain and suffering of that pilot who crashed over the course of several lifetimes? And this was the one time where the pilot's like, "Oh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna balance the scales with all 150 people at once." Yeah, well, that was kind of harsh, huh? Um, and you're talking about the one that happened over yeah. in Europe from Spain yeah, in to Germany. Germany. Yep. Yeah, um, that was kind of harsh and. You know, when I looked at that immediately, when I looked at it on the news, that really had to do with the airlines and some karmic events with the airlines. Okay. Um, and some of the people on that plane, granted, um, I know that a few of them, it really wasn't their time to go, but it was only several of them that wasn't their time to go. But the karmic event really had to do between the airlines and the airlines' families um, that went down in the crash. Uh, and some repercussions on some of the stuff that's going to be happening in the airline with that airlines um, in the next eight, nine, ten months from now. Okay, so it was just uh, was it imbalance, and this was something that was supposed to bring right. Light. It was just more of a balance coming back in through again, but the karmic effect really had to do with something that happened when they originally formed that company, and something that they were trying to accomplish in that that was a little bit negative, and it carried through a karmic uh, karmic imbalance. Okay. Now, we have people that are listening right now, and, you know, some people are forming companies or they have formed companies. Mm-hmm. If you were to give a couple pieces of advice and say, well, look, here are some things that you can do to bring peace and balance and celestial energies to the companies that you're with right now. So you don't have to experience a tragic event like that in order to further your evolution. What would you recommend for these people that are involved in these businesses? Mm-hmm. I do a lot of um – I have a lot of clients in which I work with that as well, a lot of business clients that um, I do a lot of consulting with as far as the foundations of their business and the energies of the business to bring about the best outcomes that they they want to achieve. So a lot of times when people go into business for themselves, they're looking for freedom, um, and so they're coming from the lack of freedom. So what they associate back into the business again karmically is that lack of freedom. Um, and so when you come into business, you have to come into business as far as your passion and your desire and that you're coming into business not to, not to satisfy a lack of, but go into the opportunity of. I have the opportunity of this. I have the opportunity of growth and expansion. I have the opportunity to, for fulfillment uh, rather than I am looking for more control. I'm looking to have my way. I'm looking to have freedom. All of those are coming from the negative. Uh, aspect of, of the ego, and so that will that will then create more lack of um, to the venture. So, if somebody has created the business because of a lack of, or not created it in the ways for which you described, but right now maybe they're on a trajectory of things going well, or things going in a more peaceful, harmonious way, 
Is there anything they need to do to fix the foundation for which their company was formed? Do they need to do some visualizations of, you know, why they rethink about why they formed their company? I mean, if a company is formed, it's formed, then it's going, it's going. But does it really right. matter why that the company was formed? Visualizations yeah. and, and, and shifting that thought pattern, shifting that belief system changes the, changes the outcome as well. And so that does help tremendously to go back and rewrite the purpose of the company, to go back and rewrite um, the reason why they founded that company in the first place, and uh, a lot of times to rewrite relationships between the people within the company. Okay. So that's something maybe people can do, and there'll be more harmonious as, uh, ways. The question I was trying mm-hmm. to ask you before is this. When you, you think about why human beings come into a physical reality, take on a physical body, I guess there could be a number of different reasons. And I guess mm-hmm. some of the more things that say, well, you know, you came into this life in order to love yourself, or you came into this life in order to have more of acceptance, or you came into this life to conquer fear. If you think right. about those things, I mean, if you sat down and really put your mind to it, maybe there could be 50, maybe it could be 100, maybe there could be 200 different things. Right. But at some point, do you run out of things for which you are here to evolve to? Like, can you evolve? Do you need 10, 12, 30 lives to accomplish all these different things? Like, can you come to an area of one life and have total acceptance and you conquer fear, you do a lot in that life, and would you be bound to come back to another lifetime to repeat those same lessons only in a different era to see or maybe test yourself? No, and that is such a great question. Um, a lot of what I'm working with in, in the Master Soul um, group that that I'm working on that book is the evolution of the chakra. Um, we had huge energy shifts on the planet in 1912, um, where what happened in 1912 was that we had um, in one of the full moon alignments, the, the sun, the earth, and the moon was in in full alignment of each other. But it was also the closest aspect of the moon that we had had um, since the year of um, 796. And so since the year 796, we had not had that close of a trajectory, trajectory since then. And right after that occurrence, Uranus went into Aquarius. And with the combinations of those two energies, what happened was is that the chakras um, – the wall of the chakra became a lot less thick, and so we were absorbing energy at a much higher rate and a much higher speed than what we ever had been before. So at that point, our master soul groups actually started to become uh, a little bit more defined and actually graduating through our lessons at a much higher uh, speed and, and pace than what we had before ever in the history of the planet. And so our evolutionary process is is that we are learning a lot quicker. We are getting through our lessons a lot quicker. Um, if you've noticed in the last 15 or 20 years, uh, we've lost a lot of the victimhood um, within our own uh, civilization. And so we're not playing that victim as much as what we used to. We still have a lot of people out there doing it, but a lot of people are moving away from it. And... Um, the, the faster we move away from that, the, the faster that we graduate. When we graduate to a higher level of frequency, um, because the evolution of the chakra really is for the evolution of the higher self, right, in that energy. And so the faster we graduate through 
expanding that chakra point at the back of the chakra and having that DNA expansion and having the chakras interacting with all of the with all of the different chakras, just not the source chakra, we then no longer have the need to come back into the earth plane again. Okay. We no longer have the need to come back and experience those lessons over and over and over again. Okay. Because so, we've completed what the soul has actually been trying to achieve. Now, just for the people who are out there who who are hearing the word chakra, you don't have an idea about what a chakra is, can you please give the Cliff Notes version of what the chakras are? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the chakras that are based for the master soul groups are the, are the source chakras, which is an energy center. Um, it's, a, it's where we interpret energy. It's where we inter, um, create energy and interpret energy um, between the physical and the non-physical plane. And so it's what binds the physical and the non-physical together. And so uh, a chakra and the chakra system is, is the energy that fuels the meridians within the body and creates alignment for us to experience either our desires or our fears. It creates our experiences. Okay, so to elaborate a little bit more, we have the chakras. I mean, apparently, what we have there's a crown chakra, which is at the head. You have a throat chakra, a third eye and chakra. We have a higher, we have a higher self chakra, um, the crown, the third eye, the throat, the heart, the solar plex, um, the sacral, the root, and then you have two um, two chakras on the bottom of the feet and two and one on each each palm. Okay, and for the people who um, for everyone who's listening. You can do a little bit more research on this, and you can learn that every chakra, which is an energy portal within the uh, alignment of your human body, it can be balanced, it can be cleared. There are certain beats, there are certain rhythms, there are certain sounds and vibrations and frequencies that would, that would balance it. If you've never had your chakras balanced before, it's something I personally highly recommend to do. It really does not take that long, and uh, you could actually see a potential shift or, freak, or, you know, maybe a different flow into how your energy is. So mm-hmm. I want to give you a heads up. It actually makes you more grounded. It actually makes you more focused, okay. you know, to have that kind of work done. Um, and so it actually helps the nervous system as well uh, relax and revitalize the nervous system. Right. Now, if you are evolving, as you said, you know, you're, we're having all these experiences in the physical world. And there is an experience in one of the lifetimes that you wish to attain, but you, it, for some reason it is, it is impossible to attain uh, for the duration of your life. Do you have an opportunity to come back in a future lifetime in a physical body to attain that particular experience, or will that experience be translated into something different that you'll experience in a different plane of evolution as to say, well, look, you know, why would you want to go through a physical body to come back with just that one experience? Would that experience that you're looking for be carried over into a different lifetime? It would actually, you wouldn't leave the earth plane because you wouldn't be completed. Um, you would actually come back and have that experience. It may be a short life. You know, you may exit at 18, 19, 20, but you would come back to have that experience again. Okay. Uh, so if you were still looking to obtain something, then that's just a sign that you're not quite completed yet. Well, how would you know if you actually had not previously attained it before? Because some people, maybe they, they're, they're working in a cubicle, they're in a nine-to-five job, and they're like, you know what, I wish I lived an exciting lifetime. 
And because they, maybe they don't have that sense or um, realization that they're an eternal spirit, that they live multiple lifetimes, maybe they had multiple lifetimes where they were adrenaline junkies and they purposely came in to work in a cubicle in order to see that restriction of that energy. How does one truly know what experiences they have attained throughout multiple lifetimes? How, do they aware, how are they truly aware of knowing at this moment that they have not had a particular experience? Right. You know, and that's a, that's a great question. Um, and a lot of people do, um, do that, but the fact that they are, you know, they're, they're like, I wish I was some, I, you know, I wish I was blonde versus brunette. I wish I, uh, was skinny versus fat. I wish I was this versus that. Right. Um, I wish I was an explorer versus a teacher, you know? So there's a lot of people, you know, that are having those feelings, but just because you're having those feelings, you're still not into complete acceptance of one's own self which still means you're still working through the progress of, of learning and having that soul's evolution. So can you tell by talking to a person whether or not they've actually had a previous experience? I mean, does that have any kind of impact on them and say, well, you know, don't worry oh, about yeah. it? Okay. Yeah, that's, you know, the majority of the work that I do is I look at the soul's progression from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime. So I will go back through four or five different lifetimes, read the different lifetimes of what they were, what they were doing, what the karmic condition is that they came out of with that lifetime, what they were working through. And most lessons look like a bell curve through three or four lifetimes, not just through one. Um, you may be looking on abandonment issues through, through three or four lifetimes. It takes a lot for that. Um, unfortunately, as humans, most of the time we use pain as a catalyst to learn. Uh, very few people learn without being hit upside the head by that, that two, two by four. And so you have to look at where that actually started and what lifetime, why, what the purpose of it is, because most of the time when somebody's seeking abandonment issues, they're actually not seeking abandonment to learn. They're actually seeking um, faith in one's own self, right? And so, uh, and not being codependent on other people and um, trusting in one's own self. And so you have to look and see why the soul went on that on that journey in the first place, where it started, and how it actually branched out through the course of three or four lifetimes and all the other stuff that was added on top of it through that experience, all the trauma, all the uh, fragmentations of the soul, uh, the karmic chakras, um, that type of stuff that all came along with it. So it's important to go back and read all those lifetimes. Read all those lifetimes. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but every is it every soul that is on the planet, every evolving spirit in the physical, are all coming here for different reasons to accomplish different things. Are we like incorrect about that? Um, I don't know. I don't think there's. 40 million different things that they're trying to accomplish, right? Well, what I'm saying uh, is that I think there are groups of them that are trying to accomplish this master soul group, and there's groups that are trying to accomplish this master soul group. Um, you know, and there are only 12 master soul groups, uh, one for each one of the chakras. And so I think that the, a lot of the agenda is that they, they have the family soul groups that hold the karma, and then the master soul groups that hold the karma. And so, you're trying to work off both of those. What are these soul groups? Are these so? Are these progression? I mean, do you progress to one soul group or another as you evolve mm -hmm. through the earth? Yeah. So, um, yeah. let's say, for example, where if you were to look at the earth right now, what soul group are majority of the people in, and what is the what is the last soul group that you go into before you graduate from earth? 
Well, the last soul that you, the last soul group that you go into before you graduate from Earth, um, there, it's a toss-up between a couple of them. It depends on their energy that they have together with their family soul group. Um, but it would either be teacher or counselor okay. um, that they would that they would graduate from. Um, before they're leaving the earth, because then they would become that counselor, uh, that guide, that guide soul on the other side from that point. Okay. So they would graduate into becoming a guide and working on the other side for all those that haven't crossed over yet in their in their family soul group. Sure. And where are most people, if you look at the, the combination, are the where, where would you see a majority of the you people? You know, I, I have to tell you, <laughs> I don't think that I know that there's a, a lump of uh, rulers on the planet right yeah. now. And rulers are their main karmic condition is learning how to rule through the heart rather than the head, learning how to rule with compassion rather than the head, which means they're fighting a lot of dominance and control issues, you know, that kind of thing. And um, being able to follow instead of always lead. There seems to be a huge amount of rulers on the, on the planet right now going through that. I commend you for having an open perspective or a wider perspective to see that these people are leading through the heart. Because if, um, I don't know, I guess from a casual observer, when you look at the gross gap or chasm between wealth distribution amongst the world, when you see a small percentage of the people that really do control a majority of things, you have a lower, you have most people who are actually struggling. I'm not going to say whether it's good or whether it's bad, but just observing that alone, it doesn't seem that these rulers are necessarily ruling from the heart unless their heart's okay. in the right place. Right, and, that, and that's correct. Okay. But a ruler doesn't always need to be in a place of authority like that. Okay. A ruler can be Joe Smo down the street that's learning how to become a follower and not always so dominant, right? Um, and so they're not always in a position of authority. The majority of the time they will be. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's part of their energy, but not always. And when they come out, uh, when they learn to use that heart instead of their head all the time, the two plus three plus four, and the dominance, when they learn to come out of that, they usually go into communication or they'll, um, or or um, into the librarian soul group. Okay. Now, before people come our souls come into the physical reality, the 3D reality, the human being reality, what evolution are they coming here from? And when they come here, what are they carrying with them from their prior evolutions? Like what, I, I think I'm really, really curious to know about that. Okay, so I think what you're asking about is what kind of baggage people are coming in with. Yeah, what kind of baggage, okay. and where are they coming from? Are they coming from all different evolutions? Are, people, are some people coming in um, as human beings, but for the, but they were animals beforehand? Are they, <laughs> are they coming in for? You are know, they... I know that that um, I know that there are certain religions out there that kind of believe that. I have never run into it. Yeah. I have always run into a soul as a soul and a human as a human, okay. and I've never seen the the animal spirit world cross into the human spirit world. Now, humans do have animal spirit guides, and there's that animal energy that comes with them, but I've never seen a human soul interchange between a animal soul versus a human soul. Okay. I've always thought that men's souls prior to coming into human beings were pigs, because they're always like, men are pigs, and I always thought that there was a <laughs> metaphysical meaning behind that, that they were pigs beforehand. <laughs> And I think there's a lot of women out there that would agree with you, but I've never seen it. No? Okay. 
I mean, I've never been able to see that. Kinda, yet. <laughs> I mean, you think about it. There's not really that yeah. much difference between uh, the pigs and men, except for the pigs are a little bit more cleaner, you know. <laughs> at times. And they're in better shape. <laughs> yeah, at times. <laughs> but I've never, I've never seen that interaction before. Okay, so I've never been able to see it, and I know that there are religions that believe that, you know, the sacred cows and all that kind of stuff. But I've never, I've never actually seen that. Um, and I, I do, it's, it is because I do call out to the, you know, um, I do call out for clients that are, you know, that I can study that actually I can see the progression of the soul and I, I'm, that's what I'm working with. Um, so it could be, that's really what I'm attracting, but I've never seen anything else out of thousands. And so thousands a, a human being is, is a human being, a human being. Now, is that what you're saying? I said it correctly. A human yeah. being. It's always been a human being, will always be a human being. But what about uh, these other realities? I mean, if you're a human being, are you just saying like you have a human soul, but do you you take on a different form throughout various dimensions of evolution? Okay, I'm saying, can you have a human soul, yet be color, yet be sound, yet be um, part of a very basic group? I mean, you have a human soul that just takes on various forms of its evolution. No, I think we have a, uh, a human soul that utilizes different forms like that for energy. Okay. So, what was our previous? I mean, if this, if this, anything, you pick up anything. What was our previous physical form before, you know, being humans? Do we have a? Uh, were we smaller? Were we? You know, do we have four or five different arms? Like, how much different was our? <laughs> I'm just curious. Were we alien? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, were well, we alien you know, before we were human? I'm just thinking about this because you know, if you think about the world today, people multitask all the time, and they're always like uh-huh. kind of reaching for. And I'm wondering, like, maybe the reason why they're doing 10 things at once is because in a previous physical form, they had the four or five different arms. So it's like, the, <laughs> it's, you know, maybe it wasn't natural to them. Yeah. You know, no, I, and, you know, I don't think that's the truth, but I do know that we had different forms before we came into the planet, that there's a lot of different planetary aspects from the universe okay. that have influenced this planet. You know, okay. so um, we had different soul families that are from different different areas. And they've influenced this planet. Um, But it's... Take it a step further. If we saw the people that we were previously before being a human being, would we be afraid? Or would we be like, well... We might jump out of our skin, yeah. Oh, because I kind (laughs) of like got like the monster kind of look going? Yeah, a few of us might jump out of our skins. (laughs) I mean, and just, I mean, uh, I guess one of the same subjects, if the next phase of evolution beyond Earth are we more attractive? Like, if we look at our physical form in the next life, are we going to be like, "Wow, we are we are a good-looking uh, species"? In that reality, you know, I have done um, years ago when I was teaching meditation years ago um, to my students. We would go into a certain meditation that would take us into where our soul was trying to achieve for us to go. And no matter how many people I had in the class, no matter how many times I did it. Um, 30, 40, 50 people would always see the same thing, that they would see themselves in a city in which they were very iridescent, um, almost see-through, and they were able to just hold their hands out and be able to manifest whatever they wanted to manifest in their hands um, and actually um, be very translucent and very high frequency. And so no matter how many people I did with that, that meditation, they were always seeing the same thing. They were always seeing the same types of streets, the same type of clothing, um, the same type of um, the um, almost translucent type of body 
you know, that they were looking at. It's really interesting you say that because we've actually interviewed several other individuals before. We've asked them about the next phase of the evolution, and they have said, I mean, I don't know if they've used the exact words, but they said the, the vibration is faster. So when you think of something, it manifests much faster. So you mm-hmm. have to really control your thoughts because, you know, if you, if you think of a, of a 50-foot ice cream cone, it may appear like right away, you're gonna right. be, you know, careful manifest that. But that's exactly what they were seeing. It's like no matter what they what they were wanted, it was basically they were manifesting it in their hands. Wow. And I do know that because of our evolution and what we've gone through um, in, in the shift that was in 1912, in way it made the um, the layers of the chakra much much thinner, and so we're absorbing much energy, a lot more energy, a lot quicker. Um, it's one of the reasons why the disease rates have gone up and, you know, the emotional issues with the brain and all that kind of stuff has kind of exploded. But I do know that in the next shift, um, there's another shift that comes in, but it's not until 2257. Which, in 2257? Which goes, yeah, 2257. It's when the moon goes through that phase once again near the planet, and Uranus will go into Aquarius right behind it again in that same um, situation that once again the layers of the chakras virtually almost disappear and at that point um, the the all of the chakras were basically will merge together wow so what would that mean for our physical forms and what would that mean for it it'll mean uh, you know the higher rate the higher uh, the higher rate of being able to manifest um, and the speed of the reoccurrence of thought going out of the brain, out of the mind, and coming back in again will be instantaneous. Um, and so that energy shift into the universe will then become instantaneous. Okay. Now, we talked a little bit about, touching back on a point that we were discussing a few minutes ago about all these souls all having their own purpose and evolving in evolution. I'm curious to know is, will the opportunity? For souls who are, uh, are not ready to go into the uh, particular dimension or not ready to ascend at this rate, will another option be available for them to, let's say, for example, be in the same type of frequency where we are in, but on a, in a different planetary system? Because, like right now, if you think about where the planet is right now, you think about where the Earth is, where the evolution is, could hmm. this be a good evolutionary ground for future souls to come into? Or, and is this an important step? Will this? Will this? place of evolution, this this state of being that we're in, always be available for souls to evolve through? Um, you know, what an interesting question. I've never had uh, even thought about that before, but immediately uh, I have a round of guys behind me saying, no, it won't be available. Okay. So, It'll be a different planetary system. Okay. So for all the people that are out there right now, uh, we've been <laughs> giving suggestions. Take every opportunity, get every experience you possibly can. <laughs> Because yeah. eventually in the future, it, it's not here. So, you know, yeah, play kind of every in Nintendo future, but... game you can, mm-hmm. watch every mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's kind of, you know, That's right. This should be a good reason for maybe people to, you know, have the opportunity to, to, to gauge life. I mean, why? I mean, you do whatever you want, but, you know, I guess there's so mm-hmm. much more out there to, to live. Yeah. Okay, talk about your soul, your karma clearing, because I found this particularly interesting. When, in the beginning of the show, we talked about pictures being taken of people before and after your work. Uh-huh. When you are clearing things out, what exactly are you clearing? What is the difference between the work that you do 
apartment clearing and the idea of somebody, say, for example, offering forgiveness or being forgiveness for something, hence severing their karmic ties to a particular person, place, or event. What is the comparable difference between that and the work that you do? Uh, well, the work that I do is sometimes when people are, are going through a disease or an illness, um, they'll have um, fragmentations um, where they'll, they'll be existing he, um, here and existing somewhere else in time that through a trauma, they've left a piece of themselves back there, right? And so they don't even know what to forgive themselves for because they don't even know what it was. They just have that memory of terror or uh, of trauma, right? And so I have to go back and fix those fragmentations as far as that energy um, getting it all right into the right dimension again and actually clearing um, a meridian point or a uh, a shattered meridian or a shattered chakra or something that has what is a shattered um, gone meridian? Out, of align- out of alignment. Hmm? I just need to apologize. What is a shattered meridian? Um, well, if you can imagine um, like a, a piece of glass being shattered and okay. when the light comes through it and it goes in all different directions, that's what happens when you have two opposite and equal energies affecting the same point within a meridian, it will shatter it. Um, And so, and that's what mainly, you have that in a lot of cancers, you have that in a lot of uh, anxiety uh, ridden stuff. Um, You end up with a shattered meridian point, shattered meridian or shattered chakra. Uh, If somebody has chronic fatigue and they're constantly fatigued and they can't get out of bed, normally that's a shattered um, crown chakra. Um, and so they're not bringing that energy in from the higher self, and so they're just constantly fatigued. And so um, you have to really go back to the point of time in which that occurred, what the instance was that created that to occur, and understand um, why the soul did that so that we can change the perception of, of what they were actually going through. Um, because if you do not change the perception, they'll still recreate the same energy again, and you won't have the clearing that actually needs to take effect for that soul to have that um, transformation to move forward. That's pretty mad. really amazing that um, you're shifting. So you're shifting the perspective of the soul in a previous time and a previous time in mm-hmm. order to project things in the future. Now, how are you doing this? And also, let us um, bring to the audience's attention, which we, I think we should have done in the beginning. The depth of your capabilities, what kind of abilities do you have as a psychic medium and as a healer? You, you mentioned that your guides, are you visually seeing your guides all the time? Um, do you have, do you visually see people all the time? Are you seeing auras? Are you sensing energies? Um, you know, I've been doing this for such a long period of time now. It's It's been like almost 25 years. Um, I do have the ability to shut it off when I want to shut it off and turn yeah. it on when I turn it on. Wow. Um, and so I I channel for about five hours a day, six hours a day with my clients. And so after that, um, I actually am up to ground myself again, turn everything off and regenerate some of my energy. Otherwise, I do get a little bit too exhausted and too tired if I don't. Um, so, um, and but I do I do have the capability of of, of hearing, um, seeing, and sensing. So a lot of my medical stuff that I do, I sense it. I can sense what what is in the body, um, what the illness is, what they're eating that they're reacting to, uh, what's not functioning right. That's all sensing. 
um, when I go into the Kasich records and actually read past lives, um, I'm actually um, hearing it, and people are telling me uh, what happened in their past lives. Um, and then I can actually um, see different people uh, that have crossed over behind them um, and see things as well. Okay. And just to uh, pause for one second, the Akashic Records, what you just brought up, uh, if you guys want to are listening you want to visualize this it's it's like the spiritual internet where basically people can go through you access any piece of information anytime about mm-hmm. the, the soul record soul evolution mm-hmm. uh, i guess that's the way i would describe it but yeah as far as your guides go are these beings that you see on a, on a regular basis are they always with you yes um i actually work with with my council everybody has a council uh of 12 um there's one for each one of the main char- chakras you know, the lower chakras, but everybody has a council of 12, uh, which are masters. I actually work with 13 different councils, depending on the soul that I'm working with and depending on the type of soul that I'm working with as far as a client. Um, And so it'll be my council and uh, either their council or another type of council that's going to help me. Okay. Now, this question, these next two questions are probably going to be a little silly, and they are absolutely meant to be taken that way, but... (laughs) Do you have any of your spirit guides that tend to, I don't know, argue once in a while? And have you ever been watching a movie and your spirit guides have just blurted out the ending and it's made you upset and you say, listen, you know, I really wanted to watch that movie through. I appreciate you being looking after me. But, I mean, seriously, come on. Come on, guys. You know what, though? Um Sometimes it is irritating because I'll, I'll be watching a movie and I'll, I'll know that you're ending. So sometimes <laughs> that does get a little irritating. I'm like, no, just let me enjoy it. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so that does get a little irritating from, from time to time. <laughs> um, and do my spirit guides. I went across. I had a client yesterday. I was actually laughing. I was laughing through the whole appointment because she had a spirit guide that was such a smart ass all the time on every answer. <laughs> And so I started repeating the answers, and I was just busting out laughing. Um, but, yeah, I run across people with spirit guides that that have sense, a sense of humor and can be – sometimes they're very impatient, and sometimes they're really fed up with the person <laughs> <laughs> because they haven't been listening for such a long period of time. So, yeah, I run across <laughs> quite a few. That's my source of entertainment on this side. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. And, you know, since you're able to see these spirit guides, are these spirit guides, are they bound to you for life, or can you, or can they switch off? Like, can you actually fire your spirit guides? Like, like listen, like, my, I'm trying to evolve. I'm trying to grow, and I just don't feel like I'm getting the right guidance. Like, hypothetically speaking, you know, you're, you're, you're growing in life, and you keep on hitting walls and you keep on bumping into stuff and you keep on like getting well, the car you know, can you blame your spirit guy say hey you know quit slacking and how about a little more looking out yeah well you know as you can imagine you know from that remember the cartoon Char- charlie brown and his little friend peg pen mm-hmm. if you're walking around the earth plane with that kind of negative um you know dust bowl walking around you with your thoughts and stuff you're going to get spirit guides that are on the same level it's like energy attracts like energy and so if you've got the negative thought forms you're going to have the negative spirit guides if you have the positive thought forms you're going to have the positive spirit guides you know so it's it's up to you to to uh to balance that out and actually achieve a higher level to to get a promotion within the spirit guides okay 
And if you are a person who engages in um, like habits, like say for example, you drink or you, or you smoke or you do certain things, are there earthbound spirits that will latch onto you and kind of be a para- energy parasite uh-huh. in order to relive those experiences through you? Yeah, the, the, those are entities and, and negative spirits, yeah. And they, do, they can latch on and they can cause a little bit of havoc um, and create more negative energy around you than what you had before. And mm-hmm. how, how do you shake them off? I mean, do you, if you sage, do they kind of go away or do they just – You know, of... I let, um, sage is okay, but there's something – I actually like dragon's blood, um, which is uh, essential oil. You can't use the incense. You can't use incense to clear it. Um, but I like dragon's blood. Dragon's blood gets rid of a lot of portals and chakras that they actually attach to, you know, that aren't source chakras. They're karmic chakras or they're portals from past lives and stuff. And so that actually closes us down and actually kind of cleanses much, much better. And so a little bit of essential oil mixed in with a little distilled water and a little atomizer bottle, spray it around a little bit, and it's actually really great. Are there any particular places in the body you recommend rubbing the uh, dragon's blood on? Uh, no, actually I like spraying it in the room it and just kind of like walking through it a little bit, and it just clears really good. Okay. Wow. Uh, now, as far as your evolution goes, where are you as far as your evolution? Uh, are you on your last life right now? Are you? Um, where are you? What stage of your evolution are you in? You know, um, I I think if I obtain another four or five books, I might be on my last life. If I can actually achieve that, okay. I might be on my last life. But I'm getting to the point where I really, really adore living, and okay. I love living so much. And everything that I'm able to experience and learn and to be able to uh, achieve, um, that I'm not ready to go yet. I still feel like I have so much more to accomplish. You know, sometimes when a person dies unexpectedly, you kind of wonder, oh, my God, you know, I can't believe it happened. It it sometimes can be so devastating. I think that's one of the hardest parts about living in the physical body is to Mm -hmm. that something that happened. is there a way that a person can kind of sense how much time they have left on Earth? Like, because some people are like, "Oh, you know, I want to live," and then now, next thing you know, boom, that they're, they're out. I mean, how do you really sense how much time you may or may not have on the Earth plane? You know, um, that I think is very, very difficult. And I work with a lot of cancer patients and that kind of stuff. And so I have worked with a lot of people that have crossed over. Um, and um, I, I think, and one of the things I do. I, I have protected myself from, and I have asked for this, is I don't want to see the departure date for people um, because I don't want to um, feel that. I don't want to sense that, and it's not where I want to judge my work at. I, I don't want to focus in on my work with that. Um, but I do know that when people are leaving and still hanging on to the earth plane, um, not being able to let go. They do get assistance from the other side to help them let go. Um, and they're able to um, still communicate with those on this side. And so eventually they learn to accept it more mm-hmm. and not carry that so much with them into the next lifetime. Okay. And we talked about this offline, and I think it's just uh, worthwhile to bring up. This will be our, our final question is there are people who say, oh, well, this is my last lifetime. Ha, ha, ha. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I'm not coming back. Blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of like. The, I, my answer to that is 
<laughs> you wish, <laughs> because normally it's not true. <laughs> normally it's not true, and yeah. uh, they're really going to come back. Yeah, yeah. And it's, most of the time it's when people, when they say, I'm never coming back here again, I am so done, it <laughs> means that they are so far away. They are so <laughs> far away. No matter. That's great. Yeah. Miss Sherry Hobson, it was a real pleasure and uh, a total delight to speak with you and to have you on our show today. And to learn more about Miss Hobson, I'd like you to please go to our website at Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-Y, Hobson, H-O-P-S-O-N.com. If you go there, you're going to see her blog. You're going to see a lot of interesting sections. She's got these uh, great meditation CDs where you can listen to them. They're a gateway to your past lives. She's also available for private sessions. And uh, I think, you know, she's going to be, you're going to see a lot more of her. I believe that in the next couple of years, we'll see a lot more from Ms. Hobson. So it's a true uh, pleasure and a great joy to have had you on our show today. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. Okay, everyone, that concludes tonight's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Very special thanks to our great guest, Miss Sherry Hobson. And you can learn more about her by going to her website at sherryhobson.com. Also want to give a special thanks to our virtues who weren't with us physically. They are always with us in spirit. Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Laura Lynn, Miss Lisa Casa, and Miss Constance Stellas. And to learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, please go to our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. Till the next time we meet again, my friends, wishing upon you infinite peace, love, and fears. Take good care and have an unbelievable rest of the week. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. The deals are getting hotter during the dear days of summer. Get 0% financing for 60 months on all John Deere compact tractors. Plus, get a best-in-class six-year powertrain warranty at no additional cost. Hurry in today for the hot deals of summer. Offer ends August 2nd, 2016, subject to approved installment credit with John Deere Financial. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Visit your local John Deere dealer today to take advantage of special savings going on now. Find out more at myjohndeeredealer.com.